Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. Our next workshop is coming up May 17th through the 19th in Florida, just outside Orlando. Space is limited, so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY to register. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and of course, I've got my good buddy Stephen here. So, how are you today? I'm blessed. I'm glad to be here at Be Broken. Uh, the this is Ground Zero, and yeah. so if you didn't know it, we're in the bunker here. Deep underground at the headquarters. Uh, but with a much prettier background than we've there, had there in, you in, go. in the past. I was told by our new office administrator, she says, love the podcast, hate the background with your desk and everything in there. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But, you know, it sort of makes people realize we're doing work around here. Like we actually. <laughs> You're very you know, stressful looking desk. Yeah. <laughs> it's too cluttered. We went simple, light. Life is stressed enough. Right? So anyway. That's but hey. Good feedback. Yeah. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to, you know, every now and then we will talk about how, you know, we're a listener supported broadcast. The only way that we are actually able to um, make these programs and do what we do on the radio program and even in our ministries because of people that have supported us. But what I want to say about that is that um, it's more than just producing the program. It's more than just, you know, the time and resources that are necessary for us to distribute that and all those kinds of things. Realize that our radio program is one of the key entry points for so many people that end up then seeking further services from us, whether that be finding a counselor or a group or coming to a workshop or doing any number of things, phone calls, emails, us meeting with people. So there's a whole lot more ministry that goes on behind the radio program that all of it requires um, finances and support. And so I wanted to let you know that, um, first of all, we are so grateful for those of you who have come along and, and supported us and continue to support us. But I just want to ask you, if, if you're on the fence, if God has been really maybe just uh, pulling at your heart to think about where you want to invest in kingdom work, we would just ask that you prayerfully consider that Be Broken uh, be a ministry that you consider supporting. And here's what we want to do for the month of May. For the month of May, any um, radio listeners that make a donation uh, to the radio program, whether it be a one-time donation or whether it be coming on as a monthly partner, and we really love monthly partners because it helps us make decisions that are ongoing, but any anybody that makes a gift to the radio program in the month of May, uh, we're going to give you complete uh, access to our all-access area for all of the historical podcasts. 
Um, currently, there's uh, a, a request for a donation to be able to get the all-access pass. So what we're going to do is we're just going to make that. You don't have to fill out the information for the all-access pass. If you make any donation in the month of May, we're going to automatically give that to you. So just go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. So that's puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. And uh, we would be grateful for your support and you'll get an all access pass to all of the archives. Great. So Stephen, we're going to continue on talking about marriage, right? Yes. Jonathan said we need more marriage programs. So I said, okay, I'll go find some stuff. So it's these are a couple of marriage quotes, some by me, some by others. I love this one. It's not mine. Hey, uh, this guy named Al Popke said, if you copy one guy, that's plagiarism. If you copy a lot of people, that's creativity. <laughs> so we credit like where credit is due, and we know. And otherwise, look, it's just us, everybody teaching everybody else here. And right. So we don't have to take, we're not taking... Uh, ownership for somebody else's quote, but this was a good one. Marriage is where you finish growing up. Mm. That's you know, good. I thought you, if you're single, you grow slower. I've always had this thought. Now put you in a box called a house with somebody else and, and let those two lives merge together and you're going to speed up the growing process. Oh, yeah. Sharing and giving and waiting and... You know, well, that whole routine. And I, I like to put it this way. It's like I never really actually understood how selfish I was until uh, I got married. Uh, and oh, I think that's part of that growing up, right? That's is you, perfect, and, yeah. And as a little sidebar comment on that, that's what does concern me a little bit about the younger generation now, yeah. waiting longer and longer and longer to get married or even just avoiding marriage altogether, is that wow. I think— now, I'm not saying marriage is the only context in which you can learn to grow up, right? Right. But man, it sure accelerates the process, it doesn't does. it? <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's interesting because I would put another statement next to that, and it is this. Uh, your wife is a mirror just reflecting you back mm. when you get married. Because she'll say, hey, do you know that? Do you know you do this? Hey, did... You know, you say that, you know, when you were with that person, did you see how you acted? So your wife will serve as a mirror. Now, do you think, back. can that work both ways? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so a husband yeah. can be a mirror, no, too. No, absolutely. We are a mirror to each other because we're going to point out flaws. Now, do you think there's a double standard there on <laughs> how <laughs> well... Are you trying to get me in trouble here or something? Well, I'm just saying, which... Which uh, spouse tends to respond I to the mirror better? <laughs> no, I, the maturity, we go back to maturity, right? The right. point, though, is when you get married, your spouse will be pointing out your flaws. And that's just it. That's, that's the idea of realizing, oh, man, I started recognizing how selfish I was, right? Uh -huh. Not because my wife was necessarily saying, you're selfish, you know, but just the idea of, you know, she might say something like, you know, when you did that and didn't consider me, that really hurt my feelings. Like, Oh, that's right. That's selfish. Mm. You know, so you do get but this that's mirror the growth, of then. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. The it's mirror, like, wow, yeah. that's yeah, that's true. I, I was completely blinded by my own pride and selfishness instead of recognizing, hey, we're we're in a one flesh covenant here, and but we hate to be told about our weaknesses. Oh yeah, 
Right? We hate it. Our first response is, no, shut up, leave me alone, don't. Okay, so let's just take it. I a, don't want to change. Why are you doing this to me? Let's take a second on that then, because I'm sure we have plenty of couples out there that are then saying, okay, so you're saying this maturity is important. Yep. Realizing that when we get married, we are, you know, we're mirrors for each other. But can you give just even a couple of um, practical and and maybe possible and good ways to then be a good reflector of what our spouses may okay, need but you have to in? remember nobody likes to change their program everybody custom design well that's what i'm saying yeah right. so how I do you custom design me to act like this and when you show up and you point out weaknesses in my system and this has baffled me you know if you have any weakness and somebody shows it to you why is the first response to punish them they're trying to help you see you, right? But we hate for our weaknesses to be hanging out there. Well, I'll tell you why. Good. We find comfort in our program. Yep. Right? Yep. Even if it's broken and flawed and, true. and hurtful and whatever yeah. else, it's like it's what we know. So woven in, and so deep. So when so somebody practice. says, do you realize that's a terrible way to live because it really hurts other people? Yeah. Our immediate response is, but I don't know any other way to live. This is how I operate, and and we kind of almost have a no. Your immediate response is shut up. Who do right. you think you are, <laughs> right? But that's the deeper response. Is this is the only way I know how to live, right? But now you're posing a dilemma. Now we're into the growth, right? I'm going to show you when you say that stupid line, and that girl walked away. You didn't see her start to cry. Hey, that's not a funny line to say to a girl. Okay, it's like hey, I tell the guys all the time they laugh. Well. Uh, Right? It's like, well, oh, so that's what I'm saying. One is the person who's receiving the the criticism, the the justified criticism. Yes. You know, how can that person be better at receiving it? And then secondly, the person who needs to offer the growth, you right. know, language, how can they better deliver that? Because when you think about a marriage, and we're talking about marriage here, right? So right. we're talking about a couple. Because here's the thing. Isn't that where so much friction and arguments happen? And so I'm so, just okay, asking, try, how can we, we do that better? Jonathan, Jonathan, you're my friend, but you do this really stupid thing, but but you're my friend. Is it better if I say it nice, or does it matter? Hey, you did the stupid thing, man. Why are you doing this? Do you think, does it matter? Because I think you're, we're going to get the same response, so we can smile, but we're going to get a, a, a reaction that says, no, stop saying that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say to someone there's a weakness. Yeah. And not get a, oh, that hurts me, that hurts me response. Right. Right? So I think after you work on the relationship and you know you have each other's, you know, you're covering each other's back. Mm -hmm. Right? You almost have to earn the right to criticize somebody. Yeah, and I always think it's, uh, I, I agree with you in the sense that you, I don't think you can do things that are going to eliminate the pain response. Yes. Right. Cause it's all, yes. cause again, it's always like you're, you're basically saying, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take my finger and touch that raw nerve. Yeah. You know, it's going to hurt, but I do think there are some ways to sort of create a better on ramp. And I think one thing you said is important. Have we established deep trust and, and, uh, love yeah. for one another. And so, and that's why I think this, God, yeah. that's why I think God also made a marriage a covenant, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's saying, hey, we've sort of sealed the boundaries here. 
and said, whatever you got to hash out, it's going to be within this covenant. That's good. Now, the other thing, too, is I think that we can uh, we can lead in maybe with questions. So, like, if we've established a deep sense of love and it's like, listen, I, I've proven to you that I love you because I've gone through thick and thin with you. But you might be able to say, could I share with you some things I'm seeing that and my first that might no. Well, and then 24 hours, I might come back and say, maybe. Well, that's just <laughs> it. Know. It's like we you have to break the ice somewhere. And I think asking a question that says, can I show you some things that I'm seeing that may be growth opportunities? And, hey, I might be wrong. Maybe I'm not seeing them right. Maybe I'm seeing through, right. through a, mm-hmm. a clouded filter. But I think, again, establishing love and then being able to ask those questions, I think then it does put the it does put the responsibility where it belongs is on the person who needs growth, right? Yeah. But it's, at least it's letting them mull around in but their head. Can you imagine oh, a young goodness. couple, right, who's trying to figure right. this out? Now you and I are older guys. Yeah. It's like we've already been beat up, and and we've taken our hits and gotten up, and, and you know we got we're on the mission. And we're not going to be taken out. We know we know the mission, right? But can you imagine a young couple that are trying to figure out? Mm. And why are you doing that to me? You're doing it to me. It's like what? I just do this all the time. I did it last week. I did. No, you're right. You can all of this. I mean, they don't have the language and the maturity, and so you have to lay this foundation down, and you have to be right. I'm still baffled at how hard change is. It's just to change is very hard. You have to work on it, want it, and work on it. And then you still want to resist it and only partially and hang on to as much as you can. I mean, change is hard. Well, and I think that's why that's why this is so important then, even in young couples, because if they're looking to establish a family and we know that change is so hard, then how much more important is it that you learn these things as early as possible in your marriage relationship because when you start having children, mm-hmm. you are going to establish that foundation for those kids that then becomes, like you said, hard to change. So the good news is, is if you make if you make changes now that say, okay, we're a young couple, we're gonna have hard conversations, it's gonna be ugly, we're mm-hmm. gonna get, you know, our noses bloodied, it's gonna be difficult. But if we think about it in terms of we could then establish a completely new foundation from maybe w- the ones that we grew up with that create caused us to think that change is so hard because we had some dysfunction mm-hmm. in our growing up, maybe we can reduce a lot of that so that then the things that are established in our children are good things oh, that yeah. we that don't, we don't want to have changed. Does that make sense? Well, and we've so opened like, the door to change, and change is part of the process. And mm-hmm. the kids know you're gonna have to change. We had to change, change versus fighting this change I'll, thing. I'll, I'll give you an example. So we're talking here, right, about marriage and just some kind of some random thoughts, but really talking about this idea of of how do you how do you press into each other to grow, and even now talking about how do you maybe change some generational patterns. So my wife and I both grew up in Christian homes, but we grew up in homes where both both of our sets of parents actually had this idea that it was it was never okay to have an argument in front of the children. Well, guess how we came into our marriage? We came into the, our marriage thinking, hey, a good marriage, you never fight. You never have an argument. Well, you know me and Elaine, right? We could, we could not be more polar opposites and we have strong opinions. And so we just, I mean, and obviously the first, there was all kinds of other stuff going on, but even now we have, uh, well, when we, when we started having kids, we have, 
our everything happens out in the open now there are certain conversations and obviously certain things that she and i share that are absolutely private because they are about our relation our marriage but in terms of having an argument a disagreement whatever all that happened out now we changed the pattern and i believe that's actually created a healthy sense of of giving our kids a vision that hey you know what you don't have to always be in agreement with your spouse but you can actually work it out you can yes. talk it through and and it's okay to have emotions and it's okay to feel things and, and they watch you get mad and then get pouty however you do it then come down they watch elaine get mad and get pouty and whatever walk away get quiet whatever you do everybody does something and then come back and finish and, and that's bring just it back it. again to normal the important thing is we've we've sought to establish our kids seeing the full process so they don't just see us arguing. Mm-hmm. They don't just see us, you know, post forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's like they get to see kind of the whole process. What does it look like to to get upset and have a disagreement? What does it look like to have a conversation about that? What does it look like to then come back and apologize and seek yes. forgiveness? And so to see see the whole process, I think, is changing the paradigm for and our kids. And some people will come in and say, my parents never fought. Mm-hmm. And you're like, they did. They just did. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, well, who died? Yeah, exactly. Because how do two people that are opposite live together? Well, one had a voice and the other one sucked it up or something. Mm, yeah, that's true. We didn't work it through. We weren't equals. We couldn't have our differences. and We just didn't fought. And so then people have misconception. Relationship is where you don't have conflict. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes the whole issue, you know? Yeah, that becomes its own conflict then, right? So, but I think what your question was, I have an answer now. I think if you have to talk to someone, I think you try to approach them spiritually. Mm. And you say, you know what? God's working on me, and God's with me, and God's showing me something, and I've been praying, and I want to pray right now. And then I want to ask you to think about this. Don't even talk to me about it. I'm going to tell you, and then can you and God talk about this? Or Mm -hmm. somehow, so that it's not me telling you what to do. How to live, yeah, exactly. Because we all know the physical part of marriage. But but you went to the the training recently by Julie, Dr. Julie, on, on marriage as a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. So what 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 did what pieces did you pick up and put together or solidify or something about marriage as a spiritual Well event? just you know, the idea that there is this this metaphor that we're given in marriage of of covenant love, of the idea that um you know the Bible talks about God's steadfast love, mm-hmm. and and really that's 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 His character. That's you know who He is, and that's what He wants to share with His people. Um, and so He gives us this picture in marriage that says when you when the two become one, when there's this union that happens, then that is actually the physical picture that we are given of this reality that God wants with us. And I just think, I think that's so beautiful. And I think it's one of those things that when you recognize all of the the challenges that there are to really fit together well, and I don't mean just physically, I mean, the whole thing, like what we're talking about here, the whole idea of what does steadfast love, what does, you know, permanent, continual, you know, uh, covenant love hmm. look like, you realize that's not something that is flippant or casual or something that you're going to drift into. 
Mm. And so I, I really took away from it um, to really engage the metaphor well. It takes a lot of intentionality. Meaning the, that this is a spiritual mission, that this has got physical and spiritual implications, this oneness thing is not an easy flip in to pop in or out. That Oneness is a mission all of its own. Think of it this way. I think of it this way. When you stand at the altar as a, as a couple and you say, I do, all that that entails in terms of a covenant is not something that then you can, from that moment, put your life in neutral and think that you're going to drift into the full depths of what that covenant means. Right. In other words, no, yeah, you, you can't, can't drift. You can't just go, "Hey, I said I do. I told you I loved you once." And you know, if, if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> right. It's like no. There's an ongoing pursuit element. So even mm. even if the covenant has been established by a decision in a point in time, the riches mm. of what that means in the relationship were not established immediately. Right. In other yeah, words, right, and what, right. what I mean by that is so, so Elaine and I, uh, this year will be married 24 years. I guarantee you the depth of what we know and experience and yes. appreciate and love about one another is so much deeper now than it was when we, as you know, yes. youthful kids stood on that altar and said, I do. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, so it's yes, like yes, the yes. covenant was established at the altar, but the experience of the depth of the covenant is something that you mature in over time. Absolutely. That's amazing. And uh, a friend was talking to somebody. There, It's a couple sort of living together. And she said, hey, when are you going to get married? And then the response was, it's just a piece of paper. Mm. I thought, they don't get this covenant, right. this metaphor of God, the idea of oneness. They're sort of somewhere else off playing yeah you know? the idea of faithfulness and 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 all of that yeah so so i do so there's a line that i have when you say i do it means i agree to change mm-hmm. so this is my emotional take on on the spiritual that's good you know, when you're saying i do you're sealing the boundaries right but from an emotional standpoint i do means i agree to change and think about how many couples, when they say, I do, they actually think, I do, and I expect you to change. <laughs> right? Yeah, and this would just be happy and easy, and we'll just, and you promised romance, and yeah. let's ride that I mean, out. we've we've uh, we've actually heard that from many couples. It's like, hey, yeah, I knew of all these, you know, from wives especially. Hey, I, I knew of some of his flaws before we got married, but I figured I would change it, right? Yeah. And and, yes. and I love the way you're saying, no, the responsibility has to be flipped on that. You yes. can't change your spouse. You can take responsibility for what you need to change in yourself. Because I do means I'm going to grow. I'm not going to be the same. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to practice love. I agree that I'm not going to be single anymore. You want what you want, whenever you want, whatever you want Don't for get married. you, stay single. <laughs> but if you want to grow, get married, right? Yeah. But the other thing about it, too, is I would even say, if you want what you want, you want to do what you want, when you you will stay immature, whether you're single or married. 
And with so, a selfish attitude. Yeah, yeah so the thing true. is, I don't want us to make it sound like, again, I don't want it to come across as if marriage is the only relationship in which growth can happen. Right, right. I'm glad you you're know, God wants to that. grow all of us. So that's whether right. you're single or married. We are in a growth mission. So yeah. we don't want to elevate marriage but you to something that's... accelerate is our point. If right. you want to accelerate your growth, <laughs> yeah, get somebody happens. in close quarters with you. That yeah. will accelerate growth. Exactly. So here's another quote. Your spouse is your mission field mm. or your ministry. That's good. When you think about that, if you want to serve God, send it up through your wife. Mm. You want to practice grace and mercy and forgiveness, well, send it up through your spouse. Right? You want to practice love, say, I love you, I love you. But here's a wife that you neglect. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no. Mm. Send it through her. I'll get the message. I love that. And you know what? I think that's actually exactly what Jesus was trying to um, point to when he was challenged about what the greatest commandment was, right? Is here's these self-righteous Pharisees who are basically saying, hey, tell us what the greatest commandment is so that we can look super spiritual. Because, hey, we've done all of these things before God. And I think he exposed their duplicity of this idea that you could separate like a super spiritual life mm. from how you actually treat your human being right next to you. Mm. And he says, love the Lord your God, but also the same, the second is the same as it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so I think he he's the one that pulled these together that says, actually, and, and we're told this in First John, we're told mm -hmm. this in James, you can say all day long about how super spiritual you are. But if you're treating your wife terribly, if you're treating your neighbor right. terribly, if you've got hatred in your heart towards your brother, God is not listening to your prayers because he's going, you're, you don't get it. Right. You can't say you love me. And hate your brother. That's yeah, right. exactly. exactly. Right. Or hate that's your spouse. If you love, because right, God is love. And I love this, this steadfast love term, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, who is God? God is love. What? Well, yesterday, you knock on his door, love comes the door. Mm -hmm. Today, you got to run to the door, knock on the door, love comes the door, right? God is love. That's his response. When no I'm, matter what you bring him, he says, okay, good, I love you, and let's work on this or do something. And that's why I love the way you're putting this is because I think so many times it's very easy, even when you're married, to kind of sort of see yourselves as having separate spiritual lives mm. or, you know, you, you, um, you know, cause sometimes we do so highlight, Hey, you need to have a personal quiet time with God and you need, and we almost privatize our spiritual life mm. and not, and I love the way you're saying it's saying, okay, if you love God, if you want to bear his fruit, actually do it through your spouse. So if you're saying, God, I want to be patient today. Then guess what? He's going to say, well, turn to your spouse and show some patience practice. toward get, her when she's struggling with things. And she'll <laughs> say, God, you know what? He's being so patient. He'll come right up to me. Yeah. I'll see it. I'll hear it, right? And then the oneness thing is happening, right? Yeah, yeah. That is good. We've got a couple minutes left. you got some more nuggets for us? Right. I would say to every man saves a woman, and every woman saves a man. Mm. And not in the salvation sense. Not in like your spiritual yeah, yeah, conversion yeah. or something. But, but in the sense of, of how would your life be if your wife didn't show up and say, I'm going to partner with you? Mm. What would your life alone be like? Oh, my goodness. We've actually talked about that. And it's like I tell her all the time. I said, 
I this may be the wrong thing to pray, but I always pray that I die first because it's like <laughs> I heard you say that. That's I'm like, too good. I don't know what I do. You oh, know, no. so so she saves you from aloneness, from singleness, from a lot of stupidity. She, yeah, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. Poor decision, maybe too much this, too much bad that. She she because by being mm. in your life, she helps with your definition, right? Yeah. I'm married to her, and I want to respect her, and I want to protect the union and the covenant. Do you understand? She saves you, and then you flip it. You save her, Mm -hmm. right, from being alone in the world as a female, trying to find her way through life. From ever having to worry about the car registration sticker or any of that kind of stuff. You know, I save her from all those kind of things. And that's that's exactly, and you can play with this thing in lots of ways. She saves you from having to be sexually stupid out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and you save her because you're the security guard on duty when when danger knocks on the door. Yeah, you understand. You save her, and she saves you, and it's just like. Let me give you a quick illustration about that. That as soon as you said that, I thought this is how my wife and I actually travel. Literally, when we travel somewhere, we we kind of do this saving of each other. So, for instance, I. I when I travel a lot, so I know all of the details of travel. She never has to think about getting oh. from point A to point B. She just is along for the ride, flying, whatever. She just she's like, you saved me from having to think about where I'm going. That's perfect. Yes. You know how she saves me? She saves me from not having fun on the trip. In other words, I could easily I mean, make she it, brings the fun. You're that's saying, what I'm saying. She, she brings, saves me from not having from, okay, from, it's yes. like I I can I can be very you know, overly detail oriented about yeah. the trip, and she brings an energy and a life, and I can enjoy even and experiencing going, the even day going through an airport people, terminal. It's like and, I can enjoy that somehow, and you know, it's like no, that's perfect. And so I didn't know how else to say it, but we save each other mm-hmm. in so many ways. That's good. You know, so she saves you and you save her. And there's a sacredness in that. Yeah. There's like a holiness in that. Is there's such power? When you say that. Well, we're going to have to stop there. Listeners, we hope that this has been just encouraging to you, maybe even some challenges for how you can continue to grow a good marriage. If you'd like some more help along the way, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to come alongside and help you with resources or encouragement. Uh, And as always, we're glad that you're with us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.